it's Robert. We're at uh, Mentors Military Podcast. Appreciate everybody uh, tuning in, and I'm here with my sidekick, Paul Martinez. Hey, everybody. So we're at 15 Perry Street. Appreciate these guys allowing us once again to be in studio, and it's always good to be here. And we have a guest, um, Jason Belford. And Jason, can we go ahead and say that you're still on active duty? Is that something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fine. So you're still uh, part of 75th Range Regiment. Yeah. And uh, we're going to dive into your story here. So where was it? You know, you ended up here, but where was it that you came from before here? Where, what was the, your humble beginnings? You know, where'd you grow up? <clears throat> I started out, uh, I grew up in South Shore, Kentucky, little town. That's where the Southern draw. See, I didn't, <laughs> I wonder where you acquired that. Yeah, I grew up in a little town uh, in Kentucky. And then I joined the Army when I was 23, about a year after my older brother died. So, okay. Uh, it was like one of my things. I just wanted to get out of there, start something new, do something different. Yeah. And, he was always a huge supporter of myself, so I was, he's like, hey, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And uh, my older brother, Larry, he, he currently retired uh, a master gun, so I always mentored after him and my brothers, and I was like, you know what? No better time than I also. That's where I started. Yeah, so was it, I mean, what made you go into the military? What was the main driving force? Well, um well, my brothers, right? So I wanted to be a Marine first. I'll say that on uh, live, I guess. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I had a brother that was a Marine, you know, and he's uh, always uh, one thing about Marines is they um, they let you know, you know, how, mm-hmm. how tough they are. And that was uh, kind of how my brother was growing up. So uh, did he push you that direction, though? No, or? no, he never, you know, never did that. You know, yeah. if he did anything, probably told me it wasn't for me. So, um, but, you know, it, it was just having him there and, 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 seeing his career and then uh you know when my oldest brother died of leukemia uh he he came they pulled him back from iraq <clears throat> and uh i remember going to the motel room and with his wife and stuff and he had his uh he had he still had his kit and stuff there with him um not his weapon obviously but i had his body armor stuff and and just seeing that and then knowing you know like i wanted a mentor after him because what he had done and then my brother died he was in the navy and, and what he'd done and i was like well, you got to start somewhere. And the thing is, I, uh, you know, not proudly, but I got kicked out of high school when I was 18. Um, and, yeah, I started basing my family early. I, I had a uh, had a son already at 18. Uh, super proud now. I'm a grandpa. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I would have never guessed that looking yeah. at you. He, uh, uh, yeah, my son Uriah, he's a, he's a current 175 Ranger. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Get out of here. Super proud of that. I want to get that out there now. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started my family really early, and uh, it was hard, struggle for a while, and I didn't have any education. Um, didn't have an education in school and didn't have an education in life, really, you know, just being a dude. Uh, the one thing I grew up with was working hard and welding and that type of thing, you know, so... Yeah. I just went to work when I got kicked out of school, and I thought, well, this, my dad was a machinist, you know, and I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, you know, better get good at it. So got a little education in welding, uh, and I thought that's what that was how my future was going to turn out. And then, and what year know, was this? That was in 2000. Well, you were, I was born in 2000, so, uh, yeah, right then. So Yeah. Then I got uh, – then – you know, I just wanted something more every day. Like it, it wasn't enough to go to work and work eight hours a day for six fifty an hour. I was like, yeah. it sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Had a car that I'd work on all weekend just to go to work Monday through Friday and <clears throat> just 
you know, I always wanted to, you know, I grew up kind of hard, so I wanted something different for my kids. So, yeah, I was driving home from work. I got laid off from work when I was a, uh, I was a, um, a union worker for a while. And I was driving home from work and I stopped at a red light in Ashland, Kentucky, about a mile down from my mom's house and the apartments. And, uh, I looked to the left and this is no shit true story. I, the Marine Corps, not how they got the little uh, cluster of, you know, different military stuff there. There's a red light, and I looked over to my left. The place is still there. And uh, I was like, well, any time to do it, might as well do it now. So <laughs> yeah. I, I went in there and uh, went straight to the Marine Corps guy, and he's like, you, you don't even have a GED, dude. Like, I can't do anything for you. I was like, he's got a good point. <laughs> so uh you know i thought that since the war was kicked off you know and shit was going hard in the paint that they'd just take any anybody yeah uh except except some redneck from kentucky with no education so yeah i went home to now my ex-wife but i went home and was like i'm gonna join the army and she's super smart she's like well i'll help you so she helped me through the whole education piece and Studying the ASVAB, yeah. uh, got the book, all got that kind of good stuff. The whole yeah. nine yards, and you know, I went back and was like, "No, really, I'm going to join." And he's like, "Well, we don't take GEDs." And I was like, "That's cool." And then this uh, recruiter's like, "What do you want to do?" And I, there was this picture of uh, these Marsoc Marines on, on the you know poster, and I was like, "I want to do that." And he's like, "Well, I can't do that for you." He's like, "But I can make you a calf scout." And I was like, "Oh, that sounds cool." What do they do? He's like, they ride horses and shit. You know? <laughs> ride horses. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. That's, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I rode horses growing up. You know, I know how to ride horses. And you get spurs and shit, too, and a cowboy hat. And I was like, that's hey, Get out of here. What more do you really want? said yeah, that. I got, I got to watch this cool video that now I know that everything on the video was all <laughs> rangers. But I <laughs> but, uh, got to watch this cool video. And then uh, and then I went up to the, um, the MEPS and... Uh, I couldn't join the Cav Scouts because he was like, hey, you, because uh, I had, you know, ruined my credit as a young kid, you know, with no guidance, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, oh, get these offers in the mail or go to the clothing store. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you 10% off. You sign up today. I'm like, sounds like a great idea. Yeah. 10% off of 200 bucks. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> let, me, let me get that going. So I, I ruined my credit earlier, so I didn't have, you know, he's like, oh, you got to have it, be able to get a secret clearance, like put it in now. And I was like, well, that ain't going to happen probably because definitely got more than that, like $4,000 debt or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so and he's like, well, you can do two things. You can be an 88 Mike, which is a truck driver. Yeah, truck driver, yeah. Or you can be an 11 Bravo. And I was like, I don't, what do they do? And he's like, well, they fight on the front line. And I was like, well, sounds like a place for me. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, and that's what happened. I, now, what was your brother in the Marine Corps? Was he, he uh, 0311 no, infantry? I'll keep that one to myself. <laughs> 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 no, I'm proud of him. Uh, he was a, a combat meteorologist, so he, he did work with you know a lot of like JSOC stuff and like um, the Marsoc dudes and 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 at, up at that level. Uh, yeah, we couldn't do you know whenever they say uh, lifts red for the night, you know that's the guy telling us where you're going to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, super proud of him. Um, like I said, I, I mentored after him for a long time. Wanted to be just like him. So, mm -hmm. so are you getting any input from your brothers at this point? Uh, just that I'm an idiot. No. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the same input I get daily. But yeah. No. Um, and then uh, yeah, man, I, I went and uh, joined the army and 
went to basic training, um, Fort Benning, Fort Benning, Georgia. And I, uh, now did you have, you didn't have like an option 40 or anything? No, I, I had no idea what a ranger was. Yeah. Just hitting it raw, man. Yeah. Straight fuzzy patch. Had yeah. no idea what, well, back then it was on the collar cause yeah. I'm BDUs. That's how old I am. But, yeah. Um, I had no idea what a ranger was or what they did. I just knew the videos said, showed what 11 Bravos did. So I was like, that seems cool. It's almost like the same video without horses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the Cavs do. But, uh, yeah, I got the, uh, the, the worst place in the Army, um, 30th AG. And um, I was like, I can't do this. Honestly, yeah, man. Really? Like, I, I called. What uh, was it? What was it about 30th AG that was so bad? Um, it was just, it, it was like, I don't know. It was, not, it was like a culture shock or something. I, you know, I, okay. away from my family. I had, okay. you know, young kids and. I, I thought I'd bit off more than I could chew, you know. Okay. And I called, uh, I called my ex-wife, and I was like, I can't do this. And she's yeah. like, Stop being a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she told me that. Yeah. She, she wouldn't say that now, but she she did tell me that. And uh, she's like, You you can do it, you know. It's just yeah. no harder than the you know, the the physical aspect will be no harder than the mental aspect you already went through. And she's like, It's what you wanted, so just tough it out don't go back till you're done nice <laughs> and uh so i was like well she she don't want me to come home so I'll, yeah. i guess i'll do this <laughs> and, uh, uh i graduated uh you know basic training and um it didn't ha- i still didn't know what a ranger was until i did pretty good at pt and basic training so they gave me uh uh a ranger contract and basically go oh did they to go to rip yeah now yeah, i ruined that too like i did a lot of things <laughs> in life but um <laughs> i had a long road to hoe buddy <laughs> but, uh, i uh so yeah i got a um, ranger contract and base training for you know physical fitness and uh it's funny one of my best uh, uh drill sergeants uh um drill sergeant bird bert he uh he has the tattoo of like all vietnam on his back he's, he's actually been in a couple tattoo books but uh I was uh I was doing the the regiment's best ranger coach a couple years ago and uh, I walked into staff duty some this random place on post and I see this dude I thought I knew and I was like who the hell is I was like I know that drill sergeant Bird. I was like holy shit and I was like hey you're my drill sergeant and he's like whoa <laughs> he's like look who you're doing all right and I was like well uh, I had a rough start <laughs> but uh, anyway it's good to catch up with him he's a great guy you know one of the one of the best you know drill sergeants we have but uh. Anyway, um, yeah, man, I, I went through base training, got that option for to your, you know, basic training contract and, uh, went off the airborne school and it's just me and a, a couple of buddies that passed the PT test to, to, yeah. to go to airborne school. And I was like, oh. yeah, nowadays they do it reverse, you yeah. know, where you go to RASP, RASP. and then airborne, yeah. if you make it through right, well, pre-RASP, right. RASP then. Yeah. Right. So. But now, you know, before you had to go to airborne school and, and not break your leg before you right, Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is that, yeah. Uh, so but, you're sucking on Motrin when you get out of airborne school and have to go to RIP. Yeah. So I, uh, so I was like, well, I'll do it live. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, I had, I had uh, just some buddies that I'd been to basic training with, you know, and we'd, we'd been down raised together, dude, and, you know, we thought we were everybody's <laughs> best friend, you know, and, uh, well, I... Uh, I went and uh, uh, got a little too drunk with them, and um, one thing led to another, and I woke up without tennis shoes in formation the next morning. And uh, This is at Airborne School. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, 
Uh, yeah, they had your first taste of freedom. My first taste of freedom, I, <laughs> and you blew it. I blew it. They generally <laughs> frown on that. Too. Yeah, they don't like that yeah, too much. Not huge yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you don't do that. Not suggested. <laughs> you learn the best lessons, learn hard. You know, and yeah. uh, you don't forget them usually. That's now. So I, you know, I got uh, got released, and um, I went to uh, the the worst place the army could have sent me for my. Um, Crime, Fort Polk, Louisiana. Oh, <laughs> I've been there, done um, that. But you know, I, the it, I met some of the, the best men that that and, you know, and I have great Ranger buddies like like Paul. But I met some of the best men and fought some of the hardest fights uh, in combat with Fourth um, Brigade, Tenth Mountain, two four guys. You know, and I still we're still uh, I still communicate with those guys today. And man, those guys are warriors, dude. Like we probably you know we deployed. We deployed like March 2006, I believe. Um, we're gone for almost a year, and uh, we were in uh, Logar Province for and 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 get uh, soldiers of the day. Don't really understand some of it, but you know we didn't we didn't have hot chow. You know we had MREs most of the time, or we finally got a cook out there after being there for a while. You know we we didn't have a hot shower. You know like we. We burned our own shit, you know, like it, it was it was rough, you know, like day to day that was your, you know, going out on patrol, walking, you know, I was 240 gunner, carry 240 for, you know, 10, 12, 13K and then, you know, getting a few firefights, go black on ammo and hope you can walk back and getting your ass shot off again. Um, and, and, and like I said, the, some of my you know best brothers are those guys, and so I, I, it was a horrible place to go. Um, I wouldn't suggest you just pick that as your you know option to go, but uh, I definitely you know have friends and, and brothers for life from that from that place, and yeah. that, that I still communicate with every day. And um, some of the you know in 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 the army, you uh, you become a leader based off of you know some of the worst leaders you've had, and, and also the the best because Most definitely. You can learn from both, and uh, and I had that, you know, there because it is, you know, like in the in the range regiment, I think we, we get a little uh, um, uh, complacent, complacent because we have literally the greatest, yeah. you know, leaders there there, there yeah. is like that. I mean, when you also I, this is my experience because I did sort of the opposite for you, from you where I went to the regular army after regiment, mm-hmm. and you realize the people that are under you are outstanding as well and you it's such a challenge motivating conventional army after you've been in range battalion for so long so you're like they don't respond to pain because they don't they don't care they don't have that natural ranger fear where like okay first sergeant belford's gonna mess me up real bad. <laughs> like my life's gonna be pain for the foreseeable yeah. future if i don't do what he says and the regular army is not always like that yeah you know so the you good thing be, about regiment is everybody you know wants to be there you know for the yeah. most part like yeah, they volunteer to be there. They want to be there, and they, they want to do every day, you know, as a job interview, you know. And every day I go to work, I, I don't feel like I belong there at all, you know. I, there's yeah. my peers. I've and, always felt like that about you, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's My peers, and every true. day I go to work, you know, like yeah. I, I'm like, this this place is too good for me. And um, It's not. The day it's I feel like I not. fit in there would be the day I try to find a new job because, yeah. you know, 100 percent and then some every day and, and that's not like a cliche that is literally the truth you know yeah. um 
the, the new people you get in, you know, every place has its people too. Like every place has guys that aren't going to be the best. You know, I know I'm not one of those guys. I'm not the best, but uh, I definitely, you know, work with dudes who are the best the way I feel it. And, uh, and it's humbling to, to go in and, and put that uniform on and wear that scroll and tambourine every day. So, so when I was in Fort Polk, I, I didn't know that, you know, I still didn't know what those guys were. And, um, I went on a lot of hard, I went on two deployments, uh, you know, that one about a year and then a 15, 15 months right back to back. Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah I had a, Same unit. How long was your break yeah. in between? Well, I went, I did get, I went to sniper school and okay. I went to uh, airborne. I went back to airborne school and finally nailed that one. But, yeah. um, <laughs> the, uh, but away from home, I, I, I probably had about a seven month break. Wow. I had, it was a 12 month total, but you know, at the yeah. time I was gone for training and all that stuff, yeah. I probably home about seven months and then I left for 15. Um, my daughter was my oldest daughter, Jaden. She's 13 and now, and she was uh, she's about a month old when I left. And when I got back, she's walking and talking. It's That's, crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And you were there then when they extended everybody. Yeah, we were there. I was there during the surge. So we I, we got there right after the surge, actually, like right in the November time frame of the surge, and and everybody got extended. So the. We, we just missed the 18th month, so they backed it off to 15 months, so they were really, you know, yeah. generous with that, cut a couple months off. But, <laughs> yeah, we still did the 15-month row, uh, which was uh, which is hard. I mean, you, you come home, everything's literally changed, you know. And, um, did you get a break any time in between there to come home for a little short break? Yeah, but luckily mine was exactly 12, 12 months from the time I got there, so. Perfect. <laughs> they loved you, man. Perfect. So, uh, <clears throat> no, so I, 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 went, uh, I went about a month later. Um, because my daughter was born, I got 10 days off. Now you get 21 days. My son just got 21 days off. For, I was like, what? Wow. That's what? That's awesome. <laughs> I got 10. Yeah. yeah. And that was like including the travel yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, um, we we do it different in the Army now, which is good you know, and, and, and better. You got to be able to grow, you know, in uh, – and, and I've seen, you know, a lot of a lot of people succeed, a lot of people fail in a lot of different ways because the times are changing, and everything changes, and 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 if you don't get on board, like you're gonna have to get out, you know, like people don't respond the way you know they used to, and you know, you used to be through pain and repetition, and, and now, you know, like I try to go to work, and you know, I ain't I ain't uh, the best at it, and I, my one of my mottos at the bottom of my email is better every day, right? So. And I tell everybody when I send my email, it's not because I want you to see that I'm better every day. This is the last thing I read in the email before I push send is it says better every day. So, oh, wow. Um, you know, uh, one of my mentors, two, two of them, you know, Sergeant Major Donaldson, Sergeant Major Masters, they, uh, they have this, you know, like lead with a growth mindset, you know, lead with humility and, um, and, and, and trying to mentor after those like, those kind of leaders in 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 the Ranger Regiment and in the Army is is, is super hard to do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mentally, physically, uh, ha- however, but in life, you know, at home. Um, so those are good, like military mentors to, to try. Well, I try to like mentor yeah. my life after those guys, and they're, they're great to know them. And uh, there's peers along the way, and, and other you know officers. I got my uh, my current Ranger buddy, Kevin Champa. He he is. Uh, he, he's throttled me back on on several ledges, you know, um, and and he he's changed like a lot of my, you know, I'm just gonna send it type stuff, you know. And he's like, give me the thought process, like think about it, you know, 
put these things into into perspective first. So, um, and you don't and you don't get that everywhere you go in, uh -uh. in the military, and, and that's that's the kind of leaders and kind of people that you you get every day, you know. And I, and I like it that uh, the last guys you had, I'm glad I got to sit in on that when they were talking about <clears throat> uh, finding a, a civilian mentor, right? Um, one of my my biggest civilian mentors, uh, Dave Elder. He, uh, I, I went through a, a pretty rough time, and um, and he and I, he was one of my promoter. He, he was a fight promoter. Uh, used to own Strike Hard okay. Productions, and that yeah. guy that used to fight for him a lot. And uh, and he's just always been there, man. For like yeah. ten years, like he texts me, calls me, like I'm really friends with his family. And I and I told him today, like uh, I sent him a text. I was like, Dave. I, I just heard a quote, you know, uh, civilian mentor. Right? I've never heard that because we always talk about military mentors, yep. right? And how, yeah, always. How, like, uh, and that, that was just awesome. But, you know, when I think about, like, a, a civilian mentor, like, Dave, I think Dave is definitely that one. You know, yeah. he's successful. Um, he's very humble. His family is, like, very humble. His son, uh, Jackson, just um, graduated. He's a, a Lodi now on a C-17, so Ooh. that's pretty cool, right? So, yeah, in, that's real in, cool. And you're talking about, like, a super successful, like, father, mom, you know, uh, entrepreneurship in the family, and here that, you know, their son still, like, you know what, like, I, I still have something to give, and I, and then he goes and does, yeah. you know, joins the military. Like that. That's that's awesome, right? That's so pretty what, cool. Think yeah. about the mentor that he was to his kid. Like, that, uh -huh. that's pretty cool, so... I said that to him today on there. I was like, "Hey, Dave, you're you're my civilian mentor." <laughs> so, but uh, so yeah, was the second deployment or was either one of those pretty kinetic? Yeah, the first deployment was very kinetic, um, very <laughs> like like I said, we, we we fought our ass off, you know, in, uh, in Logar Province, and um, we lived in a platoon a platoon fob we became a family like we really were a family like you just spent you know six eight nine twelve months with these guys you know literally uh in a maybe one acre square and, and you know you're going on patrols you know guns attached with them and and you're just getting after it so you, you guys become a family and a brotherhood uh, mm -hmm. that it can't be replaced, and that's why we all still keep in contact, um, because there that'll always be there, you know. Mm -hmm. That shared hardship, right? That's how we become. Uh, Did you find a similar experience once you went to Third Bat? It took a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, but I, I guess I'm asking because, yeah. like, did you ever find like that? Brotherhood, yeah, that same yeah. brotherhood that you had before. That is hard like to that, do. That platoon nucleus mm -hmm. that you yeah. really kind of only can get one way. Yeah, um, it, yeah, you know, and uh, it, in the sniper section, you know, yeah. as I do, like we we were, you know, we're we're a team together, and yeah. then we would get off, and then we go off to the platoons, and you know, my sniper partners and stuff, were, we were always close, like you know, you and I, but. Um, being attached to those platoons, I think you know you you find that nucleus like you're talking yeah. about, and, and you and you become uh, you become part of that platoon, you know, like yeah. um, uh, Cubic and, and Satora. You know, I was telling you about uh, yeah. Cubic just getting into the um, the the uh, Hall of Heroes yesterday. It was awesome, and that is awesome. Um, those two dudes were uh, 
they, they were hard dudes, right? But yeah. they had a soft side, and uh, yeah, they they kind of took me under their wing a few times, and um, it, I was thankful for that, you know, and and I become really close to them and stuff, and then obviously you know un, uh, tragic, but uh, and then when you have um, leaders like you know the the Wilcoxes and and the Bullies and those guys that yeah. that are just like literally out front doing it. Um, it's hard not to become part of that team and, yeah. and find that that spot that you fit in. So. I can imagine though why it would take so long or take a while <clears throat> because there's again you're having to get the trust, mutual trust, um, for a period of time, and um, I don't know. Sometimes you're looking for the exact same thing that you had before. And if you don't find 100% of it, it's harder than to embrace what you, you're you seeing. And it may be very good, but you're now comparing everything to the to yeah. what you had before. Yeah, and coming in back then as an import was not easy. Mm. <laughs> uh, so when did that occur? Did that, like, so after that second deployment, how long before you started thinking, hey, maybe I want to go that? That, that that occurred during that second deployment. Did it? <clears throat> because I was like, I ain't doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell or high water. So, uh, so what? How'd you end up with? So I went to on the radar. Well, I, I had a. Um, I became an E five on that deployment. Okay. Um, and then one of my soldiers reenlisted uh, to go to go through go to RIP. I had no idea that was even an option. Um, and then I tried to, I, was, I talked to the recruiters and some of the guys about it, and they're like, oh, no, you're done now. So when I got back from deployment, I was like, no, I'm not. Hold my beer, watch this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you guys knew that. When I said I'm not doing that again, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nat now, um, well, he was the RSM's uh, all ball. Well, he used to be the HRC oh, yeah. guy yeah. back in the day. and uh, He's over in Germany now, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I was like, hey, I want to come. And he's like, send me a... 41A7, just sign it. And I was like, it's my command need to sign it. He's like, no, nah, I ain't worried about them. So I was like, all right. And I sent it literally like uh, that. I got back, sent it in February. Like yeah. four or five days, I had orders to report to RIP in April. And I rode the gauntlet from there. Nice. It was, uh, I went to RIP, had a weekend off, went to pre-ranger, had a weekend off, and then went straight to ranger school. How difficult was that? Yeah, going, <laughs> I mean, you're wore out already. It was rough, but uh, I, I felt pretty prepared going into pre-ranger because RIP was just physical. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot different now. Like, in RASP, like, you know, Ranger learns. I, I actually got the opportunity to be a RASP instructor for a while, and, and, and you get to teach Ranger and learn. But back then, it was it was how hard could you go in the paint, and when would you going to quit? So yeah. You just had to survive. That's it, yeah. physically. Like survive, don't get hurt. Don't physically. Quit. Yeah. As long as you're physically fit, you were good, um, and that that's what ultimately pushed me back through like pre or pre ranger back then. Now cert, but uh, and then to ranger school because I spent four weeks in rip just physically getting crushed. People are gonna want to know. So like, what did you do to prepare? Did you just walk in to the situation, or was it something like you started getting physically prepared for that moment? Yeah, I. Uh, Physical fitness has never been my best friend, and I've had to work hard at every single part of it I do. Now, fortunately, my wife, she's a super big supporter, my, my current wife. We've been married for going on nine years now, but she's a super big runner, and 
Uh, she's super into fitness, so she keeps me in good shape as long as I don't stay injured. But uh, back then, I, I just I had youth at my side that helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and motivation. So I was I trained hard uh, during deployment. Uh, had a good uh, uh, mentor. Now he's a sergeant major, but uh, he was my squad leader, Sergeant Miller. He um I have, I was roommates with him in uh, in Iraq for. 15 long months and I had been to pre-ranger and, and I got injured. I tore my groin in ranger school the first time. So I got dropped. I got med dropped in ranger school back in 07. Uh, and Miller had been to ranger school. So I got to sleep in uh, close quarters with him for 15 months with a ranger tab hanging in front of my bed because that's what he wanted to hang it because he wanted me to get up and say the creed every morning pretty much. And, uh, yeah, he drove it into my head, you know, so uh, thanks to him, you know, yeah. he, he definitely drove me. Um, Sergeant Houston, now uh, he's a command sergeant major, and um, he was our platoon sergeant. He was in, uh, he's in uh, Hawaii now. Same thing, Ranger Tab, you know, like always like pushing you to get after it, do it, get after it. So it was good to have those two guys like right there uh, that had tabs that, that knew what it took to, to get through Ranger School at least. And mm-hmm. um, Sergeant, uh, sergeant Major Houston has a, had a brother that was in uh, Alpha Company, um, Sergeant Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, she probably know him, Paul. Um, but uh, so that he knew a little bit about the, about battalion, so that helped too. And uh, them always telling me, you're, you're, if you, you're not going to be ready, so when you think you're ready, keep training. Um, and then when I finally got home, you know, I would wake up five o'clock in the morning, go run five miles, and just kept training kept training to push it because nothing was going to stop me as long as I didn't get injured so it was hard like <clears throat> I had to come, overcome adversities I had injury I failed you know I failed ranger school you know I, I had a lot of failure up to this point mm-hmm. um and, and to, you've to, already had a lot of struggles just even getting in that's right yeah you know I, um a lot of people don't know this and and and, I, and I, I'm humble to say it like I failed the GD test the first time um I, I wasn't ready, you know. I, I, I p- passed everything but the writing exam, which I hate writing now. But uh, you can just ask anybody that has to read my atrocious emails; they'll tell you the same thing. But um, bullet points and to the point is what I try to get to. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I failed the GED test the first time, and I was like, "Well, now well, back to the drawing board." You know, I didn't let that stop me. And then I failed the ASVAB the first time too, um, and I was like, "Well, that sucks. <laughs> now what?" Uh, I won't tell you how low my score was when I failed the first time because it was <laughs> atrocious. But I'll tell you this: I I failed the ASVAB so bad the first time that when I passed the second time, they made me take it a third time to make sure I didn't cheat the second time. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. That's, <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> I've right. seen that happen before, though. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so I had, you know I had that, and then you know I, um, I, I I was I would call myself definitely an alcoholic before I joined the army because I lost my best friend was my brother right and I, I spent you know a lot of time in the bar and a lot of time drinking and um, you know my dad drinks a lot you know, I would he definitely probably not as much now as he was but definitely growing up an alcoholic so that was a pretty easy easy button to hit right so. I tried to get away from that, and then what I do, first thing, right back in the Army. Yeah. Right back to what, you know, it's comfortable. Yep. And then, you know, got sent to Fort Polk. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and that, and that to me, that's, you know, I, I've gained a lot from – I wouldn't met the people that I have, and I wouldn't have those 
experiences if if, uh, if I wouldn't have went through that adversity there right up front. Thing is, is that what I'm hearing over and over again, and the story's not even done yet. You never gave up. Yeah, you know, and I I think I think that to my you know um, <clears throat> my my current wife, you know, she was very supportive. You know, like I said, we've been married nine years, and my my ex wife, you know. She, she wasn't not supportive. She helped me get through the the, the, the mental aspect of everything. But um, my kids, man, like that that was the thing. Like I wanted them to to have somebody to look up to, you know. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe that wasn't like I wasn't gonna be able to give them the most amount of money, you know. I wasn't gonna be able to give them, you know, the the best life ever. And unfortunately, you know, uh, our I ended up divorced from their mom. But for the best, you know, she's living a good life now, and I and I have a gr- a great wife now. So. You know, everything happens for a reason at that point, and um, still been able to, you know, be that mentor for my kids that I set out to be, and and they've been the, the driving factor to to a lot of things in my life. And, mm. uh, you know, like I said, I got a son in one seven five now, and putting that scroll on his arm was, you know, an unbelievable experience that I, that I can't, you know, explain. Did you see that one coming? Did you know that was going to happen for like? Or did it kind of take you by surprise? Well, no, I mean, he wanted to be a, a you know, a Navy SEAL to start with. <laughs> <laughs> I love the posh. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I told him, I said, son, you're, you're not very buoyant, so. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. He, uh, yeah. So, uh no, he, he did want to be in. The, he wanted to be in the military. He asked me for, you know, for uh, one of his birthdays. He actually asked me for an ASVAB study guide, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I'll give you that." You know, yeah. and it's it's awesome too because with him, like, um, you know, I hate to, I, I hated that he's had to, but he went through a lot of like uh, school struggles as well. Like, you know, he, he just you know hard learner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Strong ranger, hard learner. You know, yeah. uh, but to see him sitting at the coffee table. And just papers spread out, you know, and books open all over the place, and him just getting after it, you know, it was very like flashbacks to you. Yeah, you know, and like I was like, wow, just to see him have that, you know, and, yeah. and see he see him doing that really meant a lot to me, and to see his drive and dedication, and, and I was like, for a paused moment, you know, I was like, I'm not very, I, I'm not always like proud of myself, you know, but for a moment there, I was like. I'm kind of I'm proud. I think I think that I think that I've set like an example there. Well, of course you have uh, for for his hard work and and to him see me struggle and still keep going and going. Well, I was going to ask you how much did he like? How much did he recognize that going? You know, growing up. Sometimes you know, as kids, we don't really pay attention to our surroundings maybe as much as we should. <laughs> right. So I was going to ask you did did he see that from you? Yeah, I, and. You know, I ask him. You know, now yeah. he's a grown man, and I, I've asked him. And, and uh, he he got married last year, and he asked me to be his best man in his wedding, and that said more than anything, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like, "You've always been there through everything for me, and you've been my biggest mentor in my entire life." And man, to hear that coming from you know your own flesh and blood is is, is something that you don't feel like you're you're that, worthy of. You yeah. know? Yeah. You know, like, holy cow, I, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, that that was pretty good, and then you know my my uh, my son Austin, he he um, 
I have seven kids, by the way. I don't know. Do you have seven? That. No, you just yeah. mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> you left that part out. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a blended family. I adopted them. My, my wife's two little kids, Kel and Camille, they are, they're, you know, they're my flesh and blood as, as well. And So you have five So I have um, originally. I have four originally and then I Three. adopted two. To my wife too, and then uh, she had she had one coming into the marriage. So yeah, yeah, we had uh, for a while we struggled. You know, it was it was rough. You know, blended family, seven kids, staff sergeant. Like, yeah, like uh, dinners weren't very big for a while. But um, <laughs> spam, and right? right. <laughs> but uh, it was good though. Like you know, there's um, uh, structure, obviously. You know, uh, discipline and. Um, and routine is what what the wife and I kind of you know went with, and, mm-hmm. and and it worked. Uh, our her her oldest son, my stepson Carson, uh, super proud of him too. He he he, uh, pretty much a genius. He made straight A's pretty much all through high school without picking up a book. And then uh, yeah, she's really smart too. I don't I don't know how I I, I get the smart ones. I, they're obviously not very smart. Just look at me. <laughs> But uh, their choice in men, maybe I don't know. But um, he uh, he actually works at Pratt Whitney, like so. Uh, he he wow. did, yeah, he did an internship right out of high school. Like he did an internship wow. while he was in high school, and then and then went straight to Pratt Whitney. He, he uh, like one of the two, I think, that got hired really? there. Right so. out of high school, is that? Yeah, right. That's and and then uh, yeah, it's, we're super proud of him and uh, super proud of Uriah. And then uh, Austin, he graduated. He's a senior this year. So he's going to graduate, and then uh, he's going to do the delayed entry program. Is what he keeps saying. Um, so in October, he's going to enlist in the army to be a uh, uh, 25 series, which is communications and stuff. So cool. He, he's super cool about that. So um, yeah, we've been very fortunate to to you know she's definitely Candace. My wife's definitely um, uh, been the glue. You know, and the, I'd say more like cement. Uh, no, maybe glue, like a flexibility, you know, glue has a little flex. But <laughs> <laughs> She's been real flexible with me, trust me when I say that. But, um, I haven't been the easiest husband to, to live with, I can guarantee you that. But uh, she's done a great job. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, my ex-wife and, and her husband, uh, uh, I, he, humble enough to say, like, they, they've done a good job, too, is like, because I've been out of the picture a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, got back from this last deployment, made 66 months uh, deployment time. So I mean that's that's five and a half years completely just deleted out of their lives that you know somebody has filled that void and 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 fortunately for me my wife has filled it for our kids and then you know my ex-wife and uh, and her husband have been good mentors and and Christians to to fill that for for the kids my kids whenever they're uh, they're at their mom's house so um, I, I don't I don't miss the um, people that have that have had those influences so I definitely don't take and take 100% credit for where they are because yeah. I've been gone for so long. Um, so, yeah, right up front there, be honest about that. So you ended up doing that much time in deployment. You know, we talk about the wear and tear that the military in general just puts on you, but the fact that you, you know, you've been a part of um, battalion and ranger regiment and stuff for so long, you know, there's a wear and tear that comes with that as well. Yeah, my body's paying for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't keep up with the young guys anymore. I mean, these guys are coming in 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's only so many Sergeant Major Masters, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> he's still he's still the same, isn't he? He's an animal. Hasn't, yeah, hasn't yeah, yeah, no, no. He's still an animal. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it's hard. You know, like I've had. Uh, I, it's almost like I just keep talking about adversity, right? But um, overcoming it, like after time, I've had knee surgeries, uh, had fractured ankles, uh, fractured foot, had two shoulder surgeries, and um, just time after time, you know, just trying to like get back, just so you can, so I can keep. But like I said, where I work is just makes me want to keep going back because every day you go in there and those guys are just showing you how good they are. And you're like, damn, you know, and, uh, like I said, the mentors I have in, in the army, like those guys every day keep coming and giving it better than I'll ever be able to give it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to be here tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so having lived both on the conventional side and then, you know, in the soft side of things, um, although there are differences and stuff, and, I mean, we, we hear people say all the time, oh, you, you know, you don't give enough credit just for there's not enough stories about the com- uh, conventional side that's being shared. Um, but, I mean, you've seen both sides of that, and, and it sounds like you, you've gained a lot from both uh, in different ways. And um, I'm just curious, you know, from your perspective, you know, having looked back, sitting back now and maybe looking back retrospectively, uh, what was it you kind of took away from that? What was the, you know, what was it things that you kind of learned? Well, the, the one thing about um, the regular army is, you know, you, you have to, uh, like I said, you have leaders that, that, that want to be there that, that are there to teach you. And then you have the ones that, you know, lead by like yelling. Right. So, um, I, what I took away, cause I, you know, I, I was a little younger when, when I was in the, the regular army time that I spent there. Uh, but you know, the, the regular army, like the regiment is the guys that still want to be there are the ones that are still going to, going to give way, you know, and they're going to do their part. But from the, from the, seeing the different the both sides i'd say the biggest one i i saw was you know the leadership across the board the the regular has outstanding leaders in it every day um well they don't have the luxury of quality control that's right you know and that's what i was going to like that's the the good leaders that you find that are in the in the in the uh general purpose force is that they are there for a reason they actually, you know, they care about their soldiers. They care about their unit. They care about their country, you know, and, and they show it in, in their day-to-day, every day that, you know, their physical fitness. They don't need, uh, you know, um, a sergeant major or somebody being like, you're going to do this. Like you see them leading their formations. You see them doing that. So uh, it's it's humble to see those guys that are, you know, in the, in the, in the regular army that are still giving way that hard whenever you know, they don't they're for the most part their mission set doesn't have an end state sometimes you know and and for the last you know 14 years i've been in a regiment you know we're about to start into a new air now but i knew when i was training my ass off for seven months i was going to go be able to get after it for at least four yeah. um but in the in the regular army right now, you still see those you know superb leaders that are just training for the next fight, right? And and that says a lot about what 
those guys that are there that to me it's very much like the the cold war era you know and period and stuff where there was a constant train but we didn't know when but it was just and we didn't know where the fight was going to be and how it was going to be uh fought and whether it was going to be like a viet you know vietnam or is it going to be like uh you know and and of course now we know based on the 20 years last 20 years what it was and there was a little bit of curve of thinking about it and we're just going to attack full force to the way we had to, to modify over those last 20 years but um we're getting back into that now there's going to be a little bit more of a period here of that garrison where you've got to be a good coach you got to be a good mentor you got to be I'm a motivator so glad i'm not in the army right now it's I, I it's very garrison. different you know and i'll tell you what, jason i'll tell you he, I, I hate it yeah he's garrison. not a standards guy <laughs> but um worst so it, the thing is, like uh, uh, the 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 regular army's been after that for a while now, and that and that's a struggle that that uh, regiment we're we're gonna have to tackle. And um, I I would consider myself a you know a, a boots blouse you know haircut on Monday type type leader, and that's how it was when I came into the army. And yeah, and and I. I don't have any trouble getting back to that. I'll point out to the dude, hey, man, tuck your boots in, or, hey, you know, you need a haircut. And You guys going to go back to the high and tights again? No, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope not, anyway. Um, but, uh, the, uh, no, I don't see that happening anytime soon. But um, we, we do have to get back to, you know, the standard, yeah. like, uh, garrison discipline, right? And, and that's what is going to be hard, and that's what is going to – that's what's going to ultimately, like – make or break us is how how well we can perform in garrison because uh you know dudes are going to have to open up and going to have to get counselings they're going to have to like fix their mindset and have a growth mindset and be able to to say like i need help and 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 be open to different things because now they're not they don't have a a deployment to go don't have that in state that you were talking about yeah that dump at the end like proof you know um now they're going to have to Make sure their hair is cut. Make sure that their boots are bloused, per se, and, and, you know, pick up the trash as they're walking through the parking lot. And, you know, all those things are going to fall into place. And, and the better we are, you know, at the little things, and we, we preach about that, right, the little things. But the little things aren't always sight pictures eye alignment. You know, the little things are, you know, your haircut, right, being able to pay attention to those, too, because that shows discipline in a unit, and that shows discipline in yourself. Uh and everybody knows that, you know, the 75th Ranger Regiment is the most uh, lethal light infantry unit in, in the world. But they also need to know that they're the most disciplined at home, too. And, and that's going to be a hard, hard uh, transformation, hard transformation mm-hmm. for a ranger to, to, to do that. And it, it takes good leaders. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm that one leader, but I, I know I'm going to try, you know. And uh, it, it takes consistency, mm-hmm. um, time, right? Uh, not to say we're, we're not the greatest, you know at discipline and respect and all that but we definitely could uh could use a little brushing up and yeah and i think that's that's going to come with time um and that's what we're going to have to get after is like those little things like that to to set the stage for you know the next conflict the good news is that you got folks like yourself who you know whether you're a transplant however you want to define it but individuals who have served on active duty in the conventional force then that can remember even those who had been around you know cold war era or you know uh, more garrison type training if you can if you have that type of experience you can at least be a good 
leader to help guide those junior leaders into this is a new era that we're getting into, like you're describing. Um, I've always wondered that, that, all right, if this war kept going on, when the time comes and there will be a time where you got to go back to a garrison, how quickly can this army, can this military, you know, not just army, but all of them quickly adapt back into that slow grind garrison. I wonder how much adaptation is going to happen. How many guys do you think are going to leave when they know they're not going to get combat? And then is there going to be a reduction in the size of the force? There's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. Well, if you think back at Desert Storm, that was one of the biggest uh, drawdowns in military history. And, you know, I mean, we cut the force so small because everybody believed, you know, we're not going to go into that size of uh, deployment ever again. Can make that adaptation pretty easy if you... I think, you know, from my, from from the from the ranger's standpoint, um, yeah, ranger wants to be there to you know to close with and destroy the enemy, but he also wants to be there because he wants to train, you know, he wants to continue to get better, you know, and, and that goes back to what I said, like knowing those guys that are there for a reason, and that's why they want to be there. Yeah, the, the the bonuses are nice and the deployments were nice and all that stuff too, but. Um, I personally don't feel like that's exactly why, you know, Rangers there. I think the yeah. ones that were like, man, nah, whatever, they'll probably get out. But yeah. the ones that are like, I'm here to stay because for one, I'm a United States Army Ranger and for two, like I'm here to I'm here when the nation calls. Whatever yeah. the next call is, that's why I'm here. Um and I wanna make sure that I'm training every day to the hardest, to the best. Uh so when that call does come, you know, I'm in the right spot, the right mindset. To, to close with and destroy the enemy. And you have to be a good follower to, to be a good leader, too. So, and, and that goes to, you know, at the first sergeant, the sergeant major level, like he, the things that are put out, you might not like it, right? Like I, I tell guys all the time, like, hey, you don't always have to agree with everything that your chain of command puts out, but you do have to support it because that's what we do in the Army as long as it's not immoral, unethical, or illegal. Like you're doing it because it serves a higher purpose, and that's what – a lot of people don't see and I think that uh, in today's you know going forward that's what we're gonna have to you know get get after that type of mentality I want to talk a little bit about the you know you were talking about the deployments and the grind at least of regiment and and just of the conventional forces over this last 20 years um, you know they're there for a long period of time I think there was a stigma that was out there about getting the proper help if you needed it. And I, I'm, you know, I see a big transition, at least in my perspective of what I get in is very limited, you know, in talking with a lot of the people that are still boots on the ground type of thing. But it definitely feels like that there is a momentum going to try to get the proper help. Whereas I think back in the day, people were um, shunned from getting the help that's needed, you know, and they were an outsider, even though they're not any less of a person, but. Yeah, I think that's the beginning of our career was like that. You didn't go to mental health, you just run down the checklist, check all the boxes on your SRP checklist and just keep on rolling. Yeah. yeah. But we talk, <laughs> we do talk about that a lot when we, when you have free time and I can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah. But I was wondering, you know, cause you've seen both sides. And I've always thought that PTSD and post-trauma reactions, they manifest different in special operations to some extent. That's, why? That's what the research And maybe you says. need it because somebody's going to be listening to this. They're going to go, why? Why well, is it different? Well, th- there's a lot of different reasons they think. But like if you le- read 
Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, um, or maybe he's a colonel, I don't know. But if you read his books like On Killing and On Combat and stuff like that, he suggests that it's a different psychological profile that you're recruiting from the general population that ends up in special operations and they're naturally able to withstand more trauma or to have different mask. symptoms. Yeah, or more mask, trauma. more trauma. Um, probably a better word for that. But I also think that the nature of what you're experiencing is different because like, like you said, the conventional force right now, they're training for the next fight. What that may be, where that may be, who knows? Are you going to deploy with your unit? Who knows? And it's been like that. Whereas in 75th, like I know on this date, I'm going to be in country. And on the date after that, I'm going to be on a mission. And I'm going to be looking for somebody specific or someplace specific. And I'm coming to his house to do what I want to do. Whereas conventional forces, very often you're, you know, on a patrol. In, on patrol, in zone, waiting for it to happen. And I think that it's a completely different perspective to live in those two different spaces. And you've gotten to do that. And so I was like, the things that you experienced when you were with 10th Mountain, like how does that combat experience differ from, you know? I think you said the best, like, yeah, here, you know, in regiment, I, I, I'm, I'm coming, right? Yeah. Um, I'm bringing my man to the fight, and uh, I'll see you when I get there. Yeah. Um, but in the conventional force, you know, like, I can remember being on day-long patrols of, like, yeah. y- you want to talk about anxiety, like, try walking through the mountains of Logar and just wondering if you're about to get your ass shot off, you know? Yeah. Uh Wondering if the next step you take is going to blow up on you. Yeah. You know? Um, See, and I don't so, remember having that kind of feeling. No, and it's because, you know, we really don't, really. I mean, and I can, right. I can, you know, go back and forth. Every once in a while. You might have sometimes. an eerie feeling of, like, ooh, on an offset, you yeah. know? And you're like, oof, that's a long way to or walk. You, get, you got a shit plan that you got to execute. Right. You're, you're like, like uh, this is kind of. I'm going to the roof. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. But, and, you know, walking. Uh, I've walked patrols. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't believe we even did this when I was in Iraq. Like, I have a 500,000-pound MRAP behind me, and yeah. I'm out in front walking. What in the hell am I doing? Yeah. Oh, and you're telling me that there's IEDs out here? Could you explain to me why I'm walking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no color, you know? Because you, you cost less than the MRAP. I'm like, uh, the MRAP, remember that thing behind me? Like, why am I not in that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I had those thoughts in my head a hundred yeah. times. Like, so, yeah. you know, they, the walking through the door market, man. Like, if you read about the door market, like, think about that. Walk through that thing. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's chaos. But, uh now you know you didn't know where it was going to come from but you know same thing you know being on an eight-hour patrol in in the mountains you know when i was in the regular army you're like well here we go um but you know we're in the regiment now and and you know how we've been you can read in hundreds of books that have been written you know uh the green eye is going to show up you know and we're going to take care of business and that's how we do it and the difference in the mindset for me and like the the that animosity and the, the, the feeling is I, I, I feel like I have the upper hand most of the time, right? Like I, yeah. I'm the one making the plan. I'm the one bringing the fight to yeah. you as opposed to 
you know, in the general purpose force, I'm on a patrol and those guys can relay to the next dude, the next dude, and then they're going to bring the fight to me. Yeah. And then you're just fighting your way out of it. And we've mm-hmm. done, you know, that's why I said, like, I've been in some of the, some of the biggest firefights of my life with the, with 10th Mountain and, uh, and those dudes in 2-4. And, and when I say we shot, we, we fought our ass off, like, that's, that's what we did. You know, I remember, um, my PL telling me one time, hey, shoot a burst into the hill there. We're going to be gone by fire. I'm like, they're not shooting at me. Yeah. He's like, shooting the mountains. I mean, they're not shooting at me. Why do I want to start that? <laughs> I, I never walked up to a hornet's nest and just knocked the shit out of it. You know? Why would I start now? You know, I'm almost back. <laughs> Did it work? Uh, yeah, it worked. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, there's something to be said about when I when I show up to your house and I'm waiting on you to come out. Yeah. You know, as opposed to dealing with that and I, and I think that's a huge thing in 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 between us in in the general purpose force and why those guys deal with different um combat on-site you know ptsds and stuff is living in that like fear and animosity every day is like probably gets to them and well, it's, it changes the nature of the trauma that you're experiencing absolutely i mean it's completely different i mean good or bad whatever con- consequences come it, it's my decision that predicated this situation right you know that's how i always felt you know and you don't have that luxury I went uh, years and years without any counseling, right? Yeah. Because we came into, when I came into the regiment, like, uh, it was a, you know, stigma. Like, well, yep. if you go to counseling, you're going to lose your job. Yep. Uh, you're going to be made a shit bag and you're going to be sent to. And to be clear, like, none of that was ever, because we were there at the same time, none right. of that was ever verbalized. No, it wasn't it just, like said, but you knew that you were going to receive it was scrutiny, felt, right? It was felt. Yeah, they were going to scrutinize you, yeah. and you don't want to be scrutinized because yeah. the the standard is perfection, and no one's right. perfect. So right. it was sort of built in. So, uh, you know, I've had unfortunate, you know, several friends commit suicide, uh, and and unfortunately, in 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 Thurman Town, we had a, a suicide, a, a young sergeant this year. Um, it's just horrible, and, and you don't know what that person's thinking, but you, you kind of, you know, when you've been through, you know, kind of what you and I have seen and done, Paul, you, you kind of maybe know what they were feeling, right, depending sure. on what, what their thought process is and where they're at in life. But so I, I had to get some help. Like um, Jay and Ronnie, like that, that, that time I still think of every day, you know, I could close yeah. my eyes and put my feet right in the same spot that I was standing, you know. and Yeah. Uh, people don't understand like it every day like you ask yourself could you done more right and you know as my job what I, my job was on that night with with uh, my sniper partner um him and i you know we saw things we probably could have done a little more and when i wake up with that every day wondering yeah. if i could have done more but uh that, i fought that a lot with alcohol and uh and bad decisions for for multiple years and you know i lost all, a divorce and then I uh, <clears throat> I got uh, remarried to, to my wife now and, and almost lost another marriage to that you know like I said alcohol and bad decisions and uh, I had to find something else and uh, my buddy um, Donette uh, Rick he's he's my brother man like he's, he's my brother he's uh, he's amazing honestly and um he uh, he sat me down not too long ago, and he said, "You know, I was having a hard time. 
through, you know, marriage, through, you know, work, whatever. And he's like, you, you're really good at what you do, but you ain't good at yourself. And you're not good uh-huh. for yourself. And he's like... That's a hard pill to swallow. Isn't it, though? <laughs> it's like... It's like that fish oil pill that you can't get down. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he said, uh, he said, who are you? Who are you in life? And who are you without that uniform on, first aren't? And I was like, damn. That, that's that's yeah. like deep, deeper than just like, who are you is not a name. Right. That's right. And then how do you identify yourself? Now, this is all, all questions we've all heard, right? We've all, mm-hmm. you know, read them in books, and we've all done that. But whenever your best friend is, you know, you're, you know, you're in tears, and you're in your truck, and your best friend's sitting there beside you, and he asks you those questions, and, you know, he's like, don't come back to me without those answers. <laughs> wow. Rick's bigger than me. I think he can whoop my ass, too, so I didn't <laughs> want to let him down. <laughs> so uh, so I, I spent some time. I dug into myself, and... Um, you know, I, I still jack it up, you know, but my motto is better every day. And not, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but if I mess it up a day, and, and that's not making excuses for things you mess up every day, but, you know, you at least get up the next day and you, and you try to do yeah. it better. And I have a counselor, you know, I've been going to counseling for the last two and a half years. And, you know, my counselor, uh, Monica, man, she's she's amazing. You know, she's, uh, She's a 61-year-old black lady who will tell you exactly how she feels <laughs> yeah. and how jacked up you really are, you know. And uh, How'd you connect with her? So I, I uh, called Military One Source. Okay. You know, and that's and, not an advertisement. That's a true story. Yeah. And they found her for you, or they referred you to her? and They gave me, uh, like, three or four phone numbers of counselors in my, um, okay. in my area. Uh, I called the first one, and... Um, left a message and uh, the guy called me back and you know it counselors are a relationship and uh and i have a lot of um uh past trauma you know whether it be from my childhood which is a lot and then uh you know from war you know combat whatever you want to say i don't know i'm sure i probably have a form of ptsd i guess i, I guess you could probably say that i don't know if i do or I don't but i don't i feel fine <laughs> that's what they all say right but yeah that's what we all say but uh <clears throat> anyway uh I didn't really like the, the the other two people, and I was like, I'm not. And I put it off a few days, uh, and I and she called me back, and she yeah. just had she just sounded really sweet, uh, and now I got to know her. She's sweet and very upfront. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, I went to a counseling session with her, and then you know I was like, this is this is how I get better. This is how I at least try. Wow. And, uh, so you you knew from like the first session with her, you're like, this is going to be a positive. I knew I wanted to come back. Okay. Right? And that's a start for that's me. That's huge. Because um, I'd been a counselor. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back to this dude or this yeah. chick or whatever. But uh, after talking to Monica the first time, uh, the session went about an hour and a half. And, wow. Uh, I knew I wanted to come back. Yeah. So I went back for about four or five months every day at five o'clock for five days a week wow and uh so you went pretty hard yeah i needed it though you know like um i was about to lose my marriage uh, again (laughs) to you know bad decisions and alcohol yeah and uh i have a great um military mentor uh he's um 
pulled me into his office. That makes me about a lot. And uh, he's like, get your shit together. And I'll yeah. quote one of his comments is, get all your shit in one sock. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like Roger's our major. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he changed he changed my life really like yeah. he he does and and he's done that not just for me but multiple multiple rangers and uh, he really cares and loves the ranger and her family and um you know I put the mask on right like we were saying sure. earlier and I come to work and I did my job and I go home and just but ruin, people knew ruin it all he definitely knew and he yeah. saw it you know and. Uh, he fixed it, you know, because that's what good ranger buddies do. And, um, you know, I was basically asked my wife for another chance and figured this out. And she gave it to me because uh, she's like the glue, right? The flexible type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she did. And, uh, you know, uh, I went to counseling. I went hard. And um, I still go uh, to Monica, you know, not as frequent, but, you know, Every two weeks or, or once a month, based on my schedule and hers, because my schedule is pretty busy. Right. Uh, but if I can't get in with her, I'll do phone conversation or something to that effect. Yeah. And it, if anything, I just get a uh, peace from it. You know. Yeah. Even if we're not working on a specific thing or a specific thought or a specific problem, like we're working on just feeling peaceful yeah. every day. You know, yeah. and being at rest i guess and mindfulness yeah, yeah. mindfulness and um you know i brought her to my work right we were going at, at work we were going through you know we had like multiple suicide ideations we had uh, an unfortunate suicide and um you know with me you know in my in my position i, I was i would tell guys i would you know i'd hold my formations and be like hey i go to counseling and uh, I'm not afraid to say that, and if you, you know, you guys need to get help, get help. Um, we have this facade of like, uh, there's weakness in counseling, right? But it, yeah. when actually it's there's strength through it. Um, so you know, just me standing there saying it, I didn't feel like I was doing enough. Yeah. So I, uh, so Monica tells me that my hour of time is wherever you want to spend it. So spend it wisely. So uh, I asked her to come to my work, yeah. and I had my formation, and I was like, hey, you know, I talk about it all the time, guys, but I just wanted you to know that <clears throat> going into this four-day weekend and the things that we've dealt with and the stuff that we've had happen here at work, I was like, this is my counselor, Monica, um, and she's actually a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just something you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and... That was hard for me. I had, you know, I had to lead with humility into that aspect and, and vulnerability. I think yeah. that was the hardest one, because because uh, as men and, and alpha males and rangers, and you could add every cliche comment along the way. Uh, well, you're the first sergeant. You're the man standing at the, top, yeah. at the head of the formation. You're supposed to be like the guy we're all looking up it's to. The hardest you know? guy here, right? And yeah. uh, that's not all. That doesn't have to be the case in everything you do. You know. Um, you should be able to lead from the front, you know, shoot, move, and communicate. And you should also be able to lead from the front when you're, uh, you have to be humble and, and vulnerable to, to let guys know that, hey, man, like, I'm human too. I, we had this, we talked about this when you brought your counselor. No, is, wait, now, is this, is this the first sergeant that you, yeah. Okay, so maybe share the story. story. Well, you yeah. did, but I mean, if for those listeners who yeah. are listening, maybe talk about it. Well, that's, 
that's what I'm saying. Was that hell, you were in the formation? No, no, no. That that's a different one. That's no, what I'm saying. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had a similar experience when we had first Sergeant Anderson, mm -hmm. and we came back from. I think it was a pretty bad deployment. It might have been 2010. 2010. Yeah, and. He basically stood up in front of everybody and was like, my marriage is on the rocks because I'm an alcoholic and my children are feral because I'm always gone at work. He's like, and I'm going to lose everything, including the job I love if I don't get help. He's like, and I'm seeking counseling. And he had already been doing it. And it was just, he was a guy that like, if you went to his squad when he was weapons squad leader, like you were getting a tattoo from him <laughs> in, the, in the cage. <laughs> and it wasn't negotiable. And he's like, you know, He's, he was that first sergeant. It's like, get out PTU, could kick your ass, knew more uh, book knowledge than anybody. Just that guy. And you think, he's as hard as woodpecker lips. He's not ever going to crack. He's perfectly fine. And then, you know, he stood up in front of us. And it, that saved my life. 100%. But how, how frequently, just kind of slipping back a little bit, how frequently do you think that happens in the conventional force versus... Because I've heard this story now from you, from you, Paul, from others, uh, especially within regiment, where those kind of conversations have, uh, happen, I think, sounds like a lot more frequently. So I mean, what, what about the conventional forces that maybe, you know, the guys that you served with before, how many guys are standing up and saying the same thing to their... I think it's starting to get out there. Is it? I think it's spreading a little bit, and I think that uh, the stigma has faded, you know, and like I said earlier, you can form, you know, or get out, right? Because yeah. the, the days of, like, the Vietnam era of I'm going to beat you into submission, and you know, mm -hmm. uh, is, is is gone. And it needs to be gone. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I had a, a, I had a, 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 a turning point in, in my career that it was my slap in my face. And, and my, my current Ranger buddy uh, was was there for me, and he's like, you have all you have all the building blocks. Hers aren't like you have them all. You just ain't putting them together right, you know. And uh, look at things from this perspective, and and I, that was a hard hit for me because I figured out had it figured out to this point. And yeah. But but listening to that, okay, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, and especially as a senior leader in in regiment, and when somebody comes and says something like to you, you've got to really be humble you got to really you know what i mean because i'm got egos yeah and you have to put that in check immediately right because <laughs> i mean it's like you almost want to go off and go you don't know you know constructive criticism isn't the easiest thing to take right and no. if we don't have a growth mindset and if we don't have humility and we can't swallow our pride and put our ego in check like you're just going to continue to drive in whatever direction you're going and you're going to be the only one with the answers. But uh, I think we're getting to a point, and I, ho I hope we you know, continue, that that's not the case anymore. And, and dudes are more open to um, constructive feedback. Dudes are more open to like, hey, man, like probably pump the brakes in this area. And, and the more we can get to that, uh, I think the better overall ranger and the better soldiers we're going we're gonna to produce. And, and they're going to be able to – you know, you always hear that it takes a village to raise a child, right? So, um, at the same time, like that being said, everybody putting their heads together and and coming up with the plan, if you will, or coming up with the uh, the answer, and being able to uh, us bouncing things off each other and not having to be always right or 
be the dude in check, you know, and uh, being able to be like, all right, now taking all these answers and just, you know, making a, a collage out of them, being like, this is how I get better. Uh, when we when we can do that, I think we'll start to grow better as a community and as a regiment, as a as an organization, and, and then as an army in general. It still has to be really hard, though, that when you put yourself out there and expose yourself and, um, you know, stand in front of these these men and tell them your story and like it did, it made an impact on you, you know, Paul. But for some of these guys, they hear it, but I don't know if they're really listening. Yeah, and that's in everything you do, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, you know, I can teach somebody. I, I love I love being an instructor. Like one of the things I loved about my career, one of the was being a, a the marksmanship instructor during RAS. Like that was awesome. I love teaching the new guys how to do stuff. And uh, running and gunning was something I was really good at when I was younger. And then teaching these guys how to do it was like, yeah, here we go. Uh, but you you can't teach them all, right? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't make them all you know shooting the A group, you know high A zone. But you can give them the tools, and they just have to work with it. And whether they use the tools or not, like as long as I'm putting it out there, as long as I'm giving the information, and as long as I'm being humble and, and disciplined at everything you do, uh, that's the best I can offer. Um, if we could get to everybody, and if you know everybody had that growth mindset, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and everybody's got to learn their lesson in their time too. Sometimes you're not ready to hear it. That's right. Yeah. So, and I'm—I mean, I'm, I'm humble enough to say that I'm not always ready to hear it either, right? But I have enough respect for my leadership, uh, you know, my ranger buddies, um, to kind of like listen, at least give them that much, and see what they have to say, and then um, maybe I'll grind on it and be like, "Hey, man, thanks for squaring me away." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let me ask you this, man. Like, because I. I I know more about your career now than I did before, but like you've done a lot. And like a lot of that's, those aren't highway miles, man. Like, do you think you'd still be on this path working if it, if you didn't seek mental health or if you weren't open to that? Yeah, I think that before I uh, had the counselor and stuff and I think, uh, we had some good chaplains, you know, that that yeah. that I actually, that I utilized, and Chaplain Kramer was one of, if not the best one, you know, um, I had in my life. And through those times and hard times, uh, you know, I seek God and counsel. You know, yeah. I'm, I would consider myself a, a, a religious man and a Christian, you know, and uh, I'm not the best one. <laughs> uh, I definitely could use a lot more uh, church in my life, but. Uh, I, I still can. I still have those that, that foundation, that belief, and um, having uh, different chaplains throughout that time, you know, and, and me as my beliefs as a Christian, having them kind of like point me back in that direction, uh, definitely helped me keep me on the path until until God put Monica in, in my life and uh, started changing things um, holistically. Yeah. If you could go back and talk to your uh, younger self, what would you change? Uh, well, I would tell him to. I would tell him to be more humble. I would tell him that not to be 
he doesn't have anything to prove, you know, because, you know, like Paul and like meeting those guys when I first came into the regiment, like I spent years just trying to prove myself to those guys because those guys were awesome to me. These guys are Army Rangers, you know, like that's, I, I don't know, I could, I left my work being an Army Ranger, saying that to myself every day. Uh, and I would come to work every day, you know. Uh, one of my best friends, Monkey, Monsies, yeah. but, yeah. Uh, you know, me and him, uh, we still talk all the time, and and he he would be like, Randy. That's what he, my nickname is <laughs> for me. He'd be like, Randy, you're being an idiot, you know. And uh, But I'm like, no, really, like, to me, these guys are like American heroes, like, still are today and I, I you know and that's why i say like i don't even deserve to be here when i go to work every day i feel humble to put on my girl and my tambourine and um but the difference between then and now is I, I don't feel like i have anything to prove as much as i used to and i would tell him i would tell my younger version like hey man just do your best and uh have respect for your your family put them first uh, i didn't do that um and and it's that was a hard lesson for me. I, I put the regiment above everything. Um, I put my career above everything, and I'm probably still guilty of doing that some today. But uh, I definitely put them above the regiment above them. I would tell him not to do that. Yeah. It, the thing that's hard to do is find that balance. And if you don't find that balance, like it'll drive you insane. Yeah. It's a hard, hard pill to swallow, yeah. too. Well, it's easy to give everything to that profession, you know. It's an easy thing to do. Well, it's, I shouldn't say it's easy to do to give it everything, but it's an easy decision to make. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right, this is life and death, so every day this gets everything. And the hardest thing for me <clears throat> recently is uh, for the last 16 and a half years, I knew what was next. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As long as I row hard, as long as I stay physically fit, I'll make it yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, keep learning. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm at a point where the pyramid's about to peak. Yeah. Uh, retirement's around the corner. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm about to enter like the I, unknown zone. I was going to ask you, <laughs> yeah. so what's next for Jason Belford? <sighs> uh, I don't know. You know, I, I if the Lord wills it, I, I would, I'd love to be a, a an ops art major or whatever in regiment, you know, and uh, there's so many people that are way better than me. Um, You're still harder than yourself, Jason. That, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, those dudes are, those dudes are, you know, the, the guys that I say that are, you know, they're the, they're the, they're the best at what they do. And uh, I'm just thankful to have a job, you know, and uh, to keep this job for, for another year will be great. Um, leading Rangers is, is amazing uh and then you know like i said if, I, if i'm if i'm fortunate enough to to be a sergeant major you know op sergeant major in regiment that'll be an outstanding um achievement in my career and now i don't know from there you know I, you know i uh i hope uh you know to be an entrepreneur and and, and teach coach and mentor you know mm. uh men and hopefully and, and young young men um what it's like to overcome adversity and however, whatever platform I, I find later on after the army to, to do that, I, I hope is a good one. You know, um, I have humbly, I, I've overcome a lot of adversity <laughs> in 39 years. Uh, 
you know, failures, you know, people only look at, you know, what I wear on my, my dress blues or, or what I, what my uniform looks like. And, you know, I get the holy shit, you know, all the time. And there's a lot of failure that come with that Ranger buddy. And I'll tell you that there was more failure than success. You know, there was more dark nights than there was standing on the, uh, on the, on the parade field. Yeah. Uh, and the adversity and the training and the, the hard times that it took to, to be achievable in my career. And then, uh, hopefully moving in the direction to be, uh, you know, the most important thing is be achievable, you know, a good husband, uh, and a good, a good uh, mentor for my kids, uh, it, to balance those two out. Um, I hope, I hope I can get to that point because in my opinion, like the hard times, the hard schools, the hard deployments, those things were, they came and they went, but the hardest thing I do every day is go home and be a husband and a dad. Mm-hmm. Put as much energy into those next steps and um, certainly into what you're talking about in the future, even post-military life that you have leading up to this point. I think you're going to be successful. Um, you've got a hell of a story and the fact that you've gone through so much. I, I think you are probably in the best position you could be, not just for yourself, but for the men that are looking up to you at this point. Um, and have the ability to have someone like you standing in front of them who has gone through so much, who's willing to be open and has uh, an opportunity now to guide them and lead them through this difficult transition that we were just talking about probably about 30 minutes ago. And you're, you're in the right place. You know, when we talk about right place, right time, just let it, let it organically grow. Yeah, but keep your eye on what it is that you're gonna uh, gonna do next. You know the the post military life. Yeah, it's a hard. You know, it's hard because, like I said, man, I've known where I was going for the next job, and now I'm like, I, I would love to be a sergeant major in the army and 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 be able to mentor those uh, those young soldiers and you know rangers maybe. Uh, but the way that the army's kind of transitioned in like time frame and stuff, like maybe it lines up, maybe I keep rowing and, and may, maybe I get the opportunity to, uh, to get out and, and lead in some other way, you mm-hmm. know, um, just the other day, uh, uh, a ranger said to me, um, they were a little emotional, upset, some uh, event had happened and they had, you know, shed a few tears and they're like, um, I, I text them, check. I was like, Hey, you, you doing good? And they're like, yeah. Uh, throughout the text and the last of the text I said rangers don't I'll be okay because rangers don't cry right and I was like negative now they absolutely cry you know I cry all the time you know I, I cry when I think about past ranger buddies you know I cry when I think about some of the stupid shit I've done that has ruined my life or I've had to overcome and you know Maybe they aren't. Not all rangers are emotional, but I definitely am probably one of them. I definitely cried when Old Yeller died, so that happened. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> um, and it, you have to be. And I, I think that uh, I think that people need to see that side of you too. And I think that um, to allow my kids to see that side of dad uh, ha- has been huge. And I know it's played a role in, in in my oldest son's life, and he's admitted to that. You know and um, 
because he he'll tell you that he thinks I'm I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know why, but he he thinks the world of me, and and to have him be you know so proud of me and 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 humbled the fact that you know he knows Dad is emotional and cries and it's the biggest uh, reward you can never receive as a parent. Yeah, and to hear he, those words. Yeah, I, I love I love my kids, and and they know it, and I, I'm I'm guilty of bringing work home a lot. And that's one thing that I'm trying to get rid of that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something I'm trying. That that's a current that's a current problem set that I I work on, and I'm good about telling people not to do it. You know, I can set you in an office and give you counseling about how not to do that. But uh, but you're doing it. But I'm driving home to mm-hmm. exit 14 and thinking about work, and then I'm frustrated when I get home, and you know. We're people too, and yeah. um, it's just hard to make that balance. But I'm, I'm trying to find those shears to cut that off somewhere. You're gonna have to, because you know I want to sit on a rocking chair on a ranch somewhere, you know, and uh, see my horses in the field, and my wife sitting beside me. Because at the end of the day, 20 years from now, that's what's gonna be there, and yeah. uh, the Rangers in, in the regiment and my time in the military is just gonna be a story that I tell. Uh, the people that probably don't want to hear it, but <laughs> yeah. But I w- I'll make sure that I don't put um, my entire DD214 on the back of my car. <laughs> yeah, I did. I know you was going to. I know you wanted to hit that. Didn't check the spelling on that custom license plate too. <laughs> That's right. <what> <laughs> uh, Jason, I appreciate you coming on the show, brother, and uh, you know sharing your journey. And I think it's a very powerful one. Like I said, I think you're in the right place, the right time, and the, the message that you put behind the microphone today uh i think it's really going to resonate with a lot of people and i really appreciate that i'll, I'll leave with this so in my phone i uh so i've read a couple books and uh, uh one of them's called chop wood carry water um by john metcalf if you've never read it mm-hmm. I'd, I'd prefer it's a very good book um it's about uh samurais and, and archeries and stuff it's a really good book but uh uh, there's a couple quotes from that book that are good. I can talk about um, passionate and patient mentors, right? So uh, that that's that resonated really well with me because I was like in the army, like we're always like everybody's like, oh my god, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, or it's gonna kill me. But to approach that, what I try to apply that day to day, and that's like I said, I'm currently working on it at home too and at work. But instead of top rope and everything um be kind and patient about it because nobody comes to work every day to do a bad job everybody wants to give their best their best might not be every day because i don't give mine every day because you don't have 100 percent every day but you like i said better every day mm-hmm. um and then uh matthew six twenty two says the lamp of the body is the eye if then your eye is focused your whole body will be right so what you focus on, you know, what I listen to, what I surround myself with every day, the people that you bring into your life, um, they should make you better, you know, every day, those type of people and, and the things that you do, uh, the things that you listen to, the things you read um, should be should be driving you to do better every day. And uh, I'd like to leave you with that because that's kind of something that I try to work on myself. Um, if I find myself going left to center, uh, 
try to my wife will definitely put me right in the middle of the road um but uh she's good about it i know she'll tell you that i never listen and i, I do listen honey, i promise but uh she she's really good about telling me you know how to do better and how to be better uh, i'm really bad about listening whenever that's my own motto yeah. so uh you know, having her in my life surround me with those type of things, having Ranger buddies that uh, keep me left of center. Um, I, I got rid of some of those problems in my life and and, and got refocused. And uh, thanks to, like, uh, Dave and, and, and Donette and, uh, you know, my Sergeant Major mentors and, and, those, and Millers and those guys, you know, I keep those guys in my life because the only thing they do is they just keep sharpening, you know, Iron sharpens iron, right? And and they just keep sharpening it every day. And, and I may I may not be the best at it, but because of those guys, I want to be. And that, that's where I'm at right now. I appreciate I like you guys it. having me. No, thanks for coming on, man.